It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Monday, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. Remember, check them out at SmokyMountainOrganics.com or check out some of their one of their four locations in East Tennessee, including that Knoxville location. With Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Special edition of the Monday podcast. I think this is an important podcast from an educational standpoint for fans out there uh, regarding the name image likeness. James Clawson, uh, his company, Aspire Marketing, Sports Marketing, been in marketing for a long time. James is on the forefront of NIL stuff, got a lot of things going on in Tennessee with Tennessee uh, and, and student-athletes in NIL. James, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Can you give us a brief background of kind of how you got moving in this direction in the NIL process? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks, Brett. Thanks, Austin, for, for having me. Um, the obviously the NIL is is new. Um, there's been a lot of people talking about it really over the over the last year and what it's going to look like and what it's going to mean for college athletics. We had continued to monitor it, uh, tried to stay in touch with it because obviously, in terms of what we do working with athletes, it's it's a it was a new a new uh, avenue of of potential uh, clients that we could represent um, even earlier, and so. Um, you know, we're based in Knoxville. We've lived here all our lives. We went to Tennessee. Um, and, you know, it, as July 1st became closer, it was obvious that the NCAA was going to issue kind of a blanket waiver and allow all schools to do NIL, even if their state laws didn't go into effect on July 1. And so we saw it as an opportunity to, to really engage with the Knoxville community, uh, to engage with the the alumni of Tennessee, some of the donors, and, and really try to create a way to provide significant value for Tennessee student athletes. Where does the name come from? Yeah, so we just, you know, we, Hunter and I, uh, my business partner, we, that was kind of one of the hardest things we had to figure out was what we were going to name our company. And it was kind of like the, the, the tallest point of a, of a building is the spire. So we ended up changing the I and putting a Y just to make it a little bit different. But that's it. All right. That's, that sounds good. Um, what, what do you think it, it, your, your announcement today uh, and what your, you guys are announcing? What, what, what is the next step? What, what, are you, what are you moving forward with here? Yeah, so we're obviously still in, in communications with a lot, of, a lot of alumni, a lot of donors. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is, is awareness. We want to make people aware of what we're doing. Uh, we want people to feel good about, hey, Tennessee has a plan. Tennessee has a, a group, um, even though the university cannot officially be a part of what we're doing, but that there's somebody out there that is is going out and advocating on behalf of, of Tennessee student athletes to find opportunities for them. And so some opportunities will, will come in the form of, a, you know, a business in Knoxville saying, hey, we want to work with a player and we'll help that, that hell will help that process from, from kind of, finding the player to signing the contract or, you know, we as a company will go out, we'll create events. We'll, you know, we'll do things in the community, whether it's, you know, football camps, meet and greets, autograph signings and different things. It's a way to really engage the community with the athletes. James, when I look at the, um, the press release here, the, the, the biggest word that stands out to me is the word secured. You guys have secured 
you know, funds from, you know, people around the state, donors, that type of thing. Um, you know, and, and some of the, you know, the leading names you would ever, you know, think about uh, when it comes to Tennessee athletics. Um, how big is that to go ahead and, and, you know, have that type of commitment from people that are, you know, you know not at Tennessee, but involved in Tennessee athletics? Yeah. You know, um, we've been, we've been actively involved with doing this for Tennessee student athletes since July. Uh, we haven't made any kind of announcement, but as you start to see the, the landscape evolve around college athletics, a lot of the big schools are coming out and making announcements about their NIL groups and what's going on. And, and we felt like from, from a standpoint of not only perception, but also reality that the fact that, you know, we do have significant donor support, uh, the donors of Tennessee have been have been engaged with this, you know, really since the beginning. Uh, we've almost looked at it as, hey, this is a way that Tennessee can get back, you know, just looking at football specifically right now. But, you know, it's a way that Tennessee could potentially get back quicker in football than it could maybe could, could maybe have otherwise. Just from the standpoint that if you look at Knoxville, largest city, largest city in the SEC, aside from Nashville, uh, probably more Tennessee fans in Nashville than Vanderbilt fans anyway. And really, Tennessee has no statewide competition. So we're not competing for company or brand money, you know, with, with other schools. Like, say, like Alabama and Auburn would be split. Georgia, Georgia Tech could be split. Clemson, South Carolina. So there are some real advantages we think that Tennessee's got, um, you know, to kind of do this in a really big way. It's a rainy day here in Knoxville, but uh, James just did the- Shade at Vanderbilt, <clears throat> um, James. When you uh, when, when you met with donors, when you when you met with businesses uh, in Knoxville or around the state, have they been able to grasp it? Because it, this is all new for everybody. You know, you know, when it comes to businesses and being able to, you know, have a sponsored athlete, that type of thing. Have they grasped the? Uh, you know, the landscape of this, or has it been something where they're, they're like kind of taken aback and then they've slowly got it. So I think two, two responses. One donors, donors have been on board with it from the beginning. Um, um, the, the consensus among all the people, you know, kind of in the Tennessee family, whether it's donors, alumni, everybody just wants to win at a really high level. And if this is what we're going to have to do to, to, you know, to, to get to where we want to get to or sustain the program's, you know, that we have that are successful right now, we want to do that. And I guess from a business standpoint, there's been a big educational component to what we're trying to do. Um, just because it's new, it came, it came really quickly as of July 1. It caught people by, by surprise, especially in Tennessee, because the law doesn't go in effect until January 1st. Um, and so it's just been explaining, hey, what you can do, what you can't do, what if an athlete messes up what if he gets arrested how do we handle those situations um i don't want to get you know companies will say i don't want to get i don't want to get sideways or i don't want to get upside down with the school and something i'm doing with a player so i want to make sure whatever i do i do right so you know we've kind of been there to, to be that you know that education you know kind of component to for the businesses and to explain to them how they could do it you know whether we do you know, vetting of certain athletes, you know, social media scrubs and whatnot. So, um, you know, we're just kind of trying to make it, make it easy for them um, if they want to work with an athlete. 
James, it's felt like since July one, like the wild, wild west, like, 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 you know, cowboys out there going to claim the land and, and the new territory, so to speak, you know, it's John, it are you John Dutton, James? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's felt like. I think to a lot of people out there in terms of, how, you know, what are the parameters? What are not the, para- what, what the parameters are not, how have you and your staff been able to kind of grasp where you can go and where you can't go or, or, or where, where things are, where things aren't at this point. How, how do you get a handle on it? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right, Brent. The, the, the NCAA has been um, silent on this for the most part. And um, it feels like that may be by design. It may be their way of saying, Hey, we need national legislation. And the only way to get that is to see this thing kind of just explode on itself. Um, but just from our standpoint, we do have a great relationship with a lot of people at Tennessee, especially people in compliance, um, the new NIL director, and, and, and different people like that at the school. So just making sure that everything that we do um, is, 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 is comfortable with, with, you know, how they would feel about it. Um, obviously, there's, it's, it's hard to always know just because it's so new, um, but, you know, just being able to get to get clarity from the NCAA or the SEC on certain issues and, and whatnot, and just, again, maintaining that relationship with, with those people at Tennessee to make sure, you know, that what we're doing is, is in line with, with, you know, their comfort level on things. Biggest misnomer fans have out there about NIL. I mean, you, you've got, I'm sure you've read a bunch of stuff. You've seen everything from Twitter posts to message board posts to talk show calls, all those things. What do you think is the biggest misconception of NIL is for fan bases, not just at Tennessee, but around the country? Uh, you know, I'm sure fans are at some schools. I think Tennessee may be one of them that, hey, we're, we're behind. Um, the, the school is not doing enough. Uh, probably the, the biggest misconception is that, Aside from just a couple schools or a couple states, the school, the institutions cannot be involved whatsoever in facilitating uh, a NIL deal with a player. So a football coach, basketball coach, whatever, cannot call a, a donor, cannot call a local business to say, hey, will you do a deal with, with this player? Um, and so it's really left up to, you know, to really people like us as marketers or it's up to to businesses that just kind of see, hey, we'd like to work with a player. We think it could be beneficial to our company. Let's figure out how to make that happen. Um, I think that's probably the biggest the biggest misconception. Do you, do you think the NCAA, and I don't, you probably can't speak for them if you don't want to answer this, that, that that's fine. I think a lot of people when it first came out were like, okay, are there, are there enough businesses out there to have enough athletes to be spokesperson for their business, to, to have an NIL deal? And I don't know that that the donor component of it was was talked about a whole lot before July one got here. Is that something that you think has been an eye opener for people out there that that there is that component of it besides somebody quote being a spokesperson for a business? It it, it might be. Um, I think especially in the SEC where recruiting is so important you could always see the path where it's going to be really important to show perspective student athletes that the environment that's being created at, at, at the school or in the community, you know, was going to be, was going to be a place where they felt like they could make some significant 
money through NIL opportunities. And, you know, you, you, I mean, you guys have probably seen that or, or talked to kids and, and they're, you know, talking about the NIL market in, in certain schools. And, and that's now a part of how they, they view or the, how they look at, you know, am I going to go to Tennessee versus, you know, Georgia? When I look at, you know, a lot of these things, I mean, you're right. The, the Bryce Youngs and Spencer Rattlers or JT Daniels, the last two of which don't even play, um, you know, have, have signed bigger deals. Uh, but a lot of these have been more mom and pops, you know, with the local dry cleaners in your hometown or, you know, uh, you know, Alante's cookie company deal. Um, and now they've got more bang for their buck than probably anybody because of, you know, the promo- the flash promotion that he was running. Um, but when you look at, you know, how it all plays out, do you think that the notion that Tennessee's behind is because you not see any big deals here when in reality going into the football season, Tennessee really had no kind of quote star players. I mean, Cade May is probably Tennessee's biggest name player, but he's an offensive lineman. He's not a quarterback or a running back that has the ball in his hands every play. And, and do you see that changing now that Hendon Hooker has established himself and potentially could come back for a final year? Yeah, I think, I think absolutely. Also, I think if you look at, if you look at the schools or the players that, that came out of the gate, and probably made significant money. It, it all it all was centered around quarterbacks. You know who had the best quarterbacks. Obviously, Alabama has a great one. North Carolina had a good one. Georgia had one. Oklahoma, and so those were really where you saw, you know, the biggest splashes. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Hendon Hooker as, as a guy coming back, potentially coming back for for another season. With the season they just had, um, I, I think Hendon is is poised to really to really do well in an aisle. Um, I think there will be a lot of opportunities. I think, you know, just from, from what we've seen in this community and really this, the whole state, um, Tennessee did start the year with, with not a lot of star power and that was there was a lot of points and offense sells and, and it does in marketing as well. So I, I think, you know, guys like Hendon hookers, uh, Cedric Tillman, you know, potentially a running back, you know, those guys are going to be able to do some deals. And I think you'll see some of that stuff soon. Do you think, that you, you mentioned earlier that, that the people you talk to, the donor base, you know, businesses, so on and so forth, they just want Tennessee to win. They, you know, they, they're, they're, that's what ultimately they want to see. Do you think that they're okay if they, you know, if their money goes towards a kid who ends up, you know, getting benched? I mean, look, you look and you look at JT Daniels. I mean, I can't imagine that those two, you know, those two kids and what they're earning, you know, makes the people that, you know, got to deal with them very happy just because, I mean, they're not out there. They're not visible, you know, whereas, you know, other guys are like Bryce Young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see your point. Um, I look at, you know, just in terms of a lot of, a lot of deals that happen in the NFL happen in the off season. So, you know, major NFL corporate brands might say, Hey, we're going to go with these, these players. And, you know, somebody may, may, be out for the year with a, with an injury. Um, somebody may get benched. Somebody may get arrested. Somebody, you know, all kinds of things that happen. So those are, I think those are risks that, sure. that brands take, take every day. Um, you know, I, I talked to some people at Zaxby's, you know, about JT Daniels and just the publicity they got from announcing the deal. And I was so new uh, at the time. So that, that particular deal got a lot of attention, you know, not only around, the Southeast, but nationally, 
you know, they felt like even though JT Daniels didn't play, they got a lot of lot of bang for their buck just in terms of, 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 you know, people that read about the deal or saw the deal somewhere. So, you know, there's certainly ways to look at it. I, I think, I think just knowing, and we want to make sure we're clear with every business or brand that, that, that does something with the players that, Hey, these are these are the risks associated with it. You know, things happen. You know, players, they're, they're young players. They do get in trouble sometimes. Um, they don't always play like we want them to play. Um, and, you know, I, I think just, just understanding those risks, you know, on the front end is important. How are, how are these some of these deals being done? I mean, you, you had the situation in Ohio State where you got the midterm enrollee quarterback who's already in the transfer portal. He's leaving. Spencer Rattler's leaving. I mean, you hear these dollar figures, and, and I'm, I'm assuming some of these are over three or four years. From a marketing standpoint, how are deals being done so that the business is protected if a kid doesn't stay around, you know, but the kid's also getting the maximized deal that he can get for his college career? How does that kind of structure work? Yeah, the Ewers deal is is one that was a memorabilia kind of autograph deal. So that that could certainly follow with him wherever he goes. It wouldn't be specific to Ohio State. Okay. Um, but but certainly that's a that's a concern. I mean, players are 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 able to get in the transfer portal very easily now. They're able to move around. And so if a if a Tennessee company does a deal with a Tennessee player and he transfers to to Southern Cal or wherever, um that's going to do the Tennessee company no, not not going to do that company any good. So, um, it, it, and this is where the, the the state laws get tricky about you know you can't you can't have a, a deal that's tied to a to a specific institution, um, and so you know you try to you try to protect the brand as much as you can while also staying in inside the the parameters of the scope of the laws in the, in, the, in that particular state. So I, I think some of those things are are all getting more clarity as we as we speak but those are those, those are not easy easy things to kind of work through right now we, we saw BYU make an announcement several months ago that every walk-on was going to their, their school is going to be paid for you know and, and a lot of people wondered how that came about what do you know any of the backstory there and do you see that being um a common thing to to happen to where you where you see those types of deals where it's not just one individual, but it's more broad base for somebody, you know, handling, you know, whether it's a walk-on or whatever the case may be. So, uh, so Utah has a, a, a really friendly uh, NIL law, which allows the institutions to be involved. So the, the BYU deal that you're talking about, they announced that inside the, the team meeting room, I believe. Right. Um, so the, the school was involved with that. They promoted it on social media Um you know, a lot of a lot of other schools around the country saw that kind of kind of saw the opportunities there. And, you know, I wonder if there's going to be more states, you know, change their laws to to allow institutional involvement, you know, in and with with NIL deals just because of what you saw in in in, in BYU. But, no, I think I think those kind of deals, group deals, deals where you can get multiple players involved at the same time, you know, because certainly locker room dynamics are going to be you know, part of this as well. So, you know, you want to, you want to try to create as many opportunities for me, as many players as possible. Um, just so it sort of feels like, you know, everybody's involved, everybody's getting to do stuff. So if you have an elite quarterback and, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, he does stuff, 
you know, with the offensive line as part of some deals he's got. So just different things like that that I think you'll see. Keep keep seeing. Gotcha. What's what's next moving forward? And and how do you stay to where you don't wake up and your company wake up and feel like, okay, I'm two weeks behind because of something new that's come out there. What's next and how do you stay on top of it? Yeah, so next is, you know, continuing to raise awareness, uh, continue to talk to people about what we're doing, um, you know, continue to show people ways that they can help, whether it's through their business or whether it's through, you know, them personally. Um, and then and then creating, you know, creating different different types of events that we're going to be doing, you know, all throughout 2022, which allows, you know, student athletes at Tennessee to get back involved in, in the community, not only in Knoxville, but really statewide. Um, you know, we want to we want to do a lot of things like that. So I think just always be thinking about what's next, um, you know, new events, uh, new opportunities, uh, different things we can do with players, uh, really creative, you know, and outside the box ideas. Uh, Tennessee's a really unique place. Um, it's got an incredible, incredible fan base, incredible passion. And, you know, one thing I've thought, you know, is that, you know, NIL is given a chance for, is given a chance for, for these student athletes to go and meet the fans. Whereas, you know, in the past, you know, you never, never really had a chance to really interact or meet the quarterback of the football team. And so I think there's ways that we can, we can incorporate them into things, not only, you know, in Knoxville, but really around, around the state as well. Do you think the event stuff is, is something that's kind of been untapped? You know, because, again, I think fans say, all right, who's going to represent, you know, wear a T-shirt or, or or be a spokesperson for something? Do you think that event element, meet and greets, and, and, and on a bigger scale of those things, do you, do you think that's a wave that's kind of just – you guys are just starting to get into and schools – are not schools, but businesses around the country are just starting to look at as maybe a way to really tap into some of this stuff? Yeah, I think that's the, the greatest avenue for a, for a company, a brand – that wants to work with players, but maybe doesn't want to put the players, maybe doesn't want to make the player a brand ambassador for the company. So they take on a, a lot of risk by doing that. Some things we've mentioned, you know, what do they get in trouble? Do they not play? But if we do a company-wide event, let's do it. Let's say we do a golf tournament and a company hosts that, they bring all their clients there. And we have, you know, 20 student athletes that play with, you know, one, one player plays with each group, each foursome. You know, that's a way to, for the for the brand to, to get involved, to incorporate the athletes, but don't have the risk of, of, of being associated or tied to that athlete for an extended period of time. Uh, so we've we've gotten a lot of interest, um, had a lot of success with that already this fall with with brands wanting to do events. Those events, um, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, before the podcast you know, the, would, would fans get behind the idea of a player-led uh, caravan? Not, you know, you know, the big orange caravan used to be just coaches, but would, would you know, how the Titans kind of take some players around the state during the offseason, like maybe during the month of May when, you know, players are technically allowed to go home. Would, would that type of event, you know, get off the ground? Um, how do you kind of look at something like that, um, you know, for potentially fans and players to get out there? And, and would you compare it to the golf tournament model that you were just talking about? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, we've we've been able to, to travel the state quite a bit over the last six months, uh, meet a lot of people really from, you know, Upper East Tennessee all the way to West Tennessee. And, and 
the, the, the support, the, the enthusiasm for the, for the Tennessee program is, is really unmatched. And, you know, Tennessee's not even been very successful in football in a long time. Um, I, I, I still believe that if you're able to bring, you know, certain student athletes to, to places that are a long way from Knoxville, you know, maybe, you know, West, in West Tennessee, you bring players to Memphis or you bring players to the Tri-Cities or Clarksville or wherever, and you do events and you, you allow those communities, whether it's through a golf tournament, whether it's through a free camp, uh, whether it's through, you know, some type of meet and greets or whatever. But if you allow those, those, those athletes the opportunity to come out and those communities meet these people, I think it only helps drive the, the, the passion and the, and the, and the fan base just even more. Um, and, you know, it allows these, these people to really interact with a player, you know, that's a current player. Um, certainly you've been able to, to do stuff or, or see, you know, players that played at Tennessee in the past, but you've never been able to meet, you know, the quarterback, you know, the football team, you know, why he still has eligibility, he's still playing. James, you, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously when people think about donors, they think about big names, they think about people that have lots and lots of money, but you mentioned this a little bit earlier that you think Tennessee has some advantages because there's no competition in state, like, or not as much competition in state. How far down do you think from a, from somebody donating, if you will, you know, or putting money into, into your company, into the branding part, how, how far down do you think it goes? How far down realistic is it for just the general fan out there? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, you know, we've seen it really from, from the very top all the way to the guy that said, Hey, here, you know, we want to, do 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, or maybe we want to do that a couple times a, a year or whatnot. So, uh, I, you know, we, as we really, as we've gone around, we've met people really from all walks of life, you know, all backgrounds, um, you know, the passion for Tennessee is there and they want to help. And whether they, they know a business that might want to help, or they, they know somebody else that, you know, could maybe help financially. Um, it's been really neat to see, um, and so, you know, I think we're just going to continue to, to, you know, work those relationships and try to expand upon that. I know you're busy and got a bunch of things to do. I do want to ask this because I hear this and I wonder how players, how you deal with this with players. I, I see, you know, a player sees player X getting what's listed as, you know, this big of a deal, six figures, seven figures in some cases, whatever. How do you deal with the student athlete in terms of explaining to a 17 to 21 year old? maybe their market value compared to somebody else's market value and how big of a challenge is that? Because as you mentioned, the locker room dynamic, I'm sure every kid and people around him are saying, Hey, you're worth this. or this is that, this is that, how do you structure that? How do you handle that with the student athlete? Yeah, we try to, you know, really tap into our experience, you know, working in professional sports for so long and, and marketing those guys um, and, you know, NFL locker rooms are not created equal either. And so you kind of look at, you know, who touches the ball the most, obviously the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs, and who, who chases, who chases after the quarterbacks, you know, it's the ends and, and the linebackers. So those are conversations that we have, we try to educate and we show, you know, real, real facts and real data on, on what current NFL players are, are doing. Um, you look at national commercials, uh, you know, in terms of, during the NFL season, you'll see very few players aside from quarterbacks that do, you know, national commercials. So um, I think most players, um, 
are, I think most players understand this, especially after you, you educate them, but I think it's a, it's a continuous, it's a continuous, we have to be continuously educating them, explaining to them, showing them things. Um, and if, if they really want to be marketable, kind of showing them ways to do it, whether that's more engagement through social media, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's going out into the community and doing things with, you know, charitable organizations. You don't get paid anything for that. But it's, hey, it's Goodwill, it's branding, you're getting your name out there. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's what we, I think that's what, the, what we're trying to do. Well, it, it, it is a fascinating, ever-changing landscape, it seems like, um, with lots of, Lots of questions, lots of things going out there. And I know you guys have been on the, the front end of this from, from day one. So, uh, James, we appreciate your time. Thanks for educating the fans, you know, and, and obviously um, we'll, we'll check in with you um, at, at later dates to kind of see whenever there's new things coming about, how that affects things. But the bottom line Tennessee fans should know today is there's opportunities out there for the Tennessee student athletes through you guys. Tennessee's not behind. And th- th- there, this is this is a frontier that could be very beneficial for student athletes, right? Yeah, absolutely. We think this is a this is a real game changer for Tennessee. You know, for the reasons we mentioned, Knoxville, our state, um, and 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 really the passionate the passionate fan base that we've got. So it's it's tapping into all those things and really making sure people understand what they can do, how they can do it. Uh, you know, that's why we partner with Open Doors, which allows us to run. You know, not only all the money is is through Open Door, so it's a third party uh, company, uh, but it allows us to to have a contract with an athlete, pay the athlete. They have to show proof that they've they've done the deal, um, and then Open Doors will pay them. And you know, through Open Doors, they're able to to be provided tax tax forms um, as well. So a lot of things like that that you know that kind of help the athlete help us help people who are giving us money feel comfortable about that as well. James, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the BallQuest podcast every week here on BallQuest.